0: this is your favorite podcaster romina and you just tuned in to rm podcast fl hello beautiful people welcome back to rm podcast fl Today's Tuesday, and you know exactly what happens on Tuesday. We have a new episode, so here we are. <laughs> well, um, we did change the strategy a little bit, you guys. I know you also seen the live streams on Facebook. So today's episode is actually the interview that we had with Chris Hines uh, based on professional podcast marketing. We talked about do's and don'ts when it comes to podcast marketing. What uh, how to promote it, how not to promote it, what social media platforms to use. And especially if you're brand new into the podcasting world, should you create a Facebook page or a social media page just for your podcast or should you promote everything through your own personal one? I know, a lot of information. But Chris Hines is the host of the Professional Branding Playbook and the top podcast expert for business and professional brands. Since 2015, he has been hosting, producing, and managing podcasts. Now Chris owns the Elite Podcast Marketing Agency, where you can create your own lane. So it's very thorough information that we're going to cover, you guys. If you actually want to see the video, you can find it on our website, www.rmpodcastfl.com as well as under the Facebook and the YouTube page for RN Podcast FL. I hope you guys enjoy this. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, definitely this one is for you. If you want to learn how to market your current podcast, this episode is for you. Or even if you want to learn how to market a new service or product, we touch base on how social media can definitely help you take your business to the next level. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you want to connect with Chris, look on the details below. Absolutely go ahead and reach out to him. Enjoy. Hello, Chris. Hi, welcome, everybody. Happy today, Chris.
1: I am doing great. I'm happy to be here. And I don't know, I kind of feel like this is the best possible substitute for the quarantine. So uh, I'm excited to do this.
0: Yay, well, we're excited to have you here. I know we met a couple of weeks ago on the PodFest 2020, which was a great experience, honestly. And I know when Alban Burke was actually talking about marketing, he also said, hey, if you need to talk more to special marketing or, like, need to learn new stuff, that's the guy. So I was like, I definitely need to connect with you. And here we are. (laughs) So I'll pass on the mic to you. Tell us how awesome you are and introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm Coach Chris, and, uh, like, She said, I've spoken at PodFest. Um, I'm actually booked to speak at pretty much every other podcast event this year, if they happen. Um, (laughs) And I've been in podcasting for about six years now. I've produced shows, had my own network, um, gotten sponsors, and had an entire sports network get sponsored at one point in time. So I've kind of been on every side of it. Um, Now I've built the Elite Podcast Marketing Agency, Mm -hmm. and we help launch, grow, and monetize podcasts.
0: So tell me a little bit from when you very first started podcasting to now, like what is like looking back at it? Do you feel like you had no idea what in the world you were doing?
1: I had no idea. It's funny. My network did extremely well, like overwhelmingly well. It, it did so good. I had to shut it down. That's how good it did because <laughs> it happened in my second year of podcasting. When um, I started off, I was in a small bathroom in my studio apartment. Um, I didn't have any equipment, no microphone, no headphones, anything. I just went in there and said, I want to start my show. And I did it. And two years later, I had my entire network and we had sponsors over 30, over 12 shows. And I was so inexperienced. um, That's when I learned, okay, I can do a lot to get better at this. But I just moved really, like really quickly too fast. It was like just hectic. So yeah. I had to slow down, but it was a good teaching point because everything I learned then, I still use my business to this day.
0: How did your even podcast journey started? Like, why did you even start one?
1: Um, I was on Twitter, on basketball Twitter and NBA Twitter is like a thing. And someone invited me onto their radio show mm-hmm. and it was live. And I remember going into the closet because my house was so loud and he's asking me questions. We just had a conversation and after the show, he Hit me up on Twitter again. He was like, "Wow, that was really great. Have you done this before?" And I'm like, "No." And a ton of my followers is like, "Wow, we listened to that. You sound pretty good. Do you have your own show?" I was like, "No, but I'm gonna start one."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your podcast, Elite Podcasting. What so, did, uh, like, how did you like? What did you first start doing? Is it more like advice or interview setup? Because mine, as we can tell, it's more interview yeah. setup.
1: So, for me, the personal branding playbook is my show, mm-hmm. and I like to interview entrepreneurs, the business owners, the CEOs, and I want to know what about them personally, help them get to this point where they are now mm-hmm. now, the elite podcast marketing agency, I've done a great job of tying that in because what happens is a lot of my clients when uh they come from my show, they're a guests and they tell their story and they're like, "Hey, I would love to have my own platform mm-hmm. or They are, um, you know, someone I interview and they're like, all right, I already have a show. How can I make my show better? And that's what we really focus on at the agency is making podcasts better, whether we're developing your marketing plan with our podcast roadmap or literally showing you how to market on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. We have a ton of systems and strategies that are proven to help shows grow.
0: Awesome, and uh, we're actually seeing the Elite Podcast Marketing Agency as well here, you guys, so I'll go ahead and put, because this is live session, so I'll also go ahead, oh, this is also going to be on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast juice from, feel more than free to do so from there. So I'll attach the information, but you did mention towards how to market your podcast towards Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Now, every platform is different. So what did you say are some main concepts like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter towards when it comes to promoting? What you should remember, like the key stuff.
1: The the key things I would say is what you said. Every platform is different. So Instagram, for example, is very visual. You need to have great videos or great pictures to catch people's attention. If you don't have that to stop them from scrolling, they're just going to keep going right by you. So Instagram is really visual. Yeah. Facebook. It, you do really well with long form content, right? So like a blog post you put on Medium, you can put it on Facebook and it will do really well. I've literally gotten clients doing that. Yeah. Um, so Facebook is about getting in the right communities as well. And this is the big thing too. This is a big no-no. Stop joining podcast groups to promote your podcast. Your ideal listener is not in the podcast group. They are in a, another community where they actually can learn from and grow. They might be listening to, your podcast but you can't go to a group with other hosts and say yeah listen to my show they aren't your ideal listener so that's a big actually no.
0: yeah they actually somebody did that recently on a podcast group that I, i'm part of and it's like what's the point of this group if you cannot promote our podcast and all the other <laughs> ones were just attacked and it's like that's not the point we're here to help each <laughs> other like i remember it was like a long discussion but a lot of people do do that though
1: yeah and i'll try to get them stop it because you just annoy the group, people in the group. You, you're, the reason why we join Facebook groups is to learn. Facebook groups are some of the best communities we have access to. If you don't know something, you can join a group, learn. Simple. Now, you might be able to promote if you go to the right groups where your ideal customers are. That's where you have to do a little bit of market research and dive deeper. So I think every podcaster above all these social media apps, you got to be on Twitter. Twitter is such an open world. You can run into anybody on Twitter. Anybody can send you a message. And I personally love it because you never know what's going to happen. It's so unpredictable.
0: So walk me through Twitter. I feel like Twitter is a foreign language to me. I've used it before, but not the professionally. So I feel like it can turn into a messy discussion and correct (laughs) me if I'm wrong.
1: (laughs) That's literally what everyone says. Everybody is terrified of Twitter. And I call it the wild west of social media because it's so it's an open world. So if you look at LinkedIn, you can only you really only get content from people you follow or connect with. Correct. Facebook, you only get content from your friends or people that you're in groups with. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, again, you have to follow people to get content on Twitter. You don't have to follow them to get that content. Anyone can find you. It's literally granted photo of social media like people just pop up from everywhere. Right. So. If you're not careful, you can end up in a lot of uh, negativity and just drama and distractions, really. But the great side of that is if you're a podcast host, I can guarantee you your ideal listener is on Twitter. Think of Twitter like a high school, uh, high school, right? Remember in high school where they had clicks? You got the jocks here, then you would have the cheerleaders, then you have the smart kids like they are small communities. Twitter's the same way. You have vegan Twitter politics you got nba twitter is its own world like nfl twitter is the same thing so twitter is great for everybody to use you just have to know how to use it effectively
0: now on podfest you actually showed me and ray showed us something interesting on twitter to how you have something pinned and make it as a discussion can you explain those two To the listeners as well, I know we can probably not be very visual because this is going to be on the podcast um, episode too, but can you explain it to us, like how you've built your bio?
1: It's funny. The bio is actually actually definitely a piece of the Twitter profile, but Mm -hmm. the pinned tweet, like you said, is a lot bigger and it's a lot lot better because you can just have so much more leverage with it, right? So what I call is a topic sentence tweet strategy, that's a system where you literally put your name and who you are and then your podcast name and you pin it to your profile. That way every single person that comes on your page, they get to see it.
0: Okay. So, once let's say you you pin like what would be like the best bio?
1: This is I'm glad you asked me that. The best bio mentions your show name, what your show is about. And for your profile picture, do not put your logo. People want to connect with you, a real person. A logo, you're not Nike. People don't just know your logo. So you have to present present yourself as a person and say, hey, look, this is who I am. This is my personal brand. This is part of my mission personally. But I also have a podcast to express this to you. And that's what the pen tweet is about. It's about having your main i'll let me see if i can pull it up and put it in the camera okay this is can people see i'm sure you can see so if you I look at that yeah so if you look at mine you see i have my name up there and then everything that i cover and the beautiful part about that is i can then tie in every one of my episodes to that pin tweet this is useful because on twitter like i said it's open world people are always coming from different directions you attract your ideal listeners like that Because they immediately see who you are and what you're about with this pinned tweet. And if they're interested, they're like, oh, wait, you review movies? That's great. I like movies, too. They click on that tweet and they can scroll looking at the connected tweets, which should be your podcast episodes. Now you can attract your ideal listeners. And I'm telling you, a lot of my shows have been in the top 200 multiple times. That's how is using Twitter.
0: Yeah, we did see that. That um, Actually, I saw a post recently that your show was in the top 100, which I was, that's very impressive. That that's really awesome. Now, let me ask you this when it comes to Twitter. Would you say, um, or, or Facebook or Instagram maybe when you first start, would you say use your personal page to promote it? Or would you say create the podcast or the business page right away?
1: I would say use your personal page don't go to the podcast page until you reach a certain point like when you reach a certain milestone and you know Mm -hmm. the brand has grown bigger then you create that but in the beginning it's really not necessary i think people kind of slow themselves down by having two profiles because you you're active on your personal page and then you try to go to the business page but you can't keep up so just Focus on the personal. And like I said, people want to connect with you anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there to listen to your podcast. So you have to, it all starts with the personal brand and who you are, what your personal mission is. When your personal mission is on point, and then you say, hey, this is my podcast. This is how I express this. That's when people want to listen to your show.
0: Now, how important is it to filter your personal stuff when you start promoting a business? Because if I look at stuff, for example, five or 10 years ago, I'll laugh at myself, be like, what in the world was I thinking? You know, so we all have that. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect because I'm not. But (laughs) how important is it to maybe go through all posts and delete some or make it private? If you still want to have it before you start promoting something on your personal one.
1: I definitely think there are some old posts you should be deleting. I would say you want to keep a lot of them, though, because that's who you were. That's part of who you are now. Those experiences built you. Yeah. Like, what you've gone through, what you experienced, those crazy pictures you took in high school. Like, that's part of who you are. You don't delete it. You want to leave it there.
0: Yeah. So, um, also, let's talk a little bit about strategies. Again, every... um, platform is different, but let's talk about ad strategies. Do you suggest to promote your podcast through ads or no?
1: Yes. And the funny thing is if you use a very small budget, it can be impactful. So for me, for example, I've done a dollar a day strategy and that was when one of my shows got to the top 200 because I would just post content on Facebook. Like my video highlight, I would post it on my Facebook page run an ad to that and then a call to action will basically be listen to the full episode wherever you listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. very very simple and that built my brand a lot um because i'm constantly attracting new people who don't know who i am just yet and retargeting ads work extremely well when you have people that are coming to you um, because they've looked at your content before visited your website and they might not have listened to the podcast yet when they see you that second or third time, they're going to see, oh, I know who that is. Oh, you have a podcast? Let me check it out. That works really well.
0: So you said your call to action is for them to listen to the episode. Would you suggest like a link tree link for that? Or would you suggest, because some people use Apple Podcasts, some people use Spotify, for example. So what, like, what type of link you would do or your website
1: I would say if you want to do retargeting ads, use Mm -hmm. your website. Your podcast should already be on your website because that traffic is going to help you build your business, sell more products, all that stuff. But if you don't have a website yet, I know a lot of podcasters don't. Mm -hmm. We actually help with that, too, at the agency. Come check us out. Um, Then you use what's called a wavelength. Um, Baird Hall over at the Wave Company, you know, they make the audiograms. I know him. Shout out to Wave. Um, And they also have the wavelength. It's Mm -hmm. free. And you can literally add the top 15 podcast apps on one link. So if you type in right now, W-A-V-V-E dot link slash P-B-P, you're going to see the personal branding playbook. And on that page, you can see 10 different links to where you can listen to my podcast. So that wave link is what I will use in ads, because, again, like you said, you don't know if they listen on Apple or Google Play or Stitcher yeah. or wherever. So you have to be prepared for that.
0: And also what I've noticed, too, is like, for example, for the longest time, because Apple Podcasts, that's where most of the listeners come from for every podcast platform out there. Unless you're like looking at South America, Spotify is more popular. If you're looking at a part of Europe, then Spotify is a lot more popular. But within U.S., Canada, Australia, um, Asia, it's Apple Podcasts. So sometimes what Instagram start doing, and maybe people didn't realize this, but they actually on the link that you have they stopped allowing you to put your Apple Podcast link. So people start struggling if they start using like Linktree. I personally use Linktree. And I've seen actually a lot more traffic once you do that shortcut. So you allow people to go ahead and see which one of you know which one of the platforms they would like to to go with.
1: Yeah, that's way better for marketing. You want to give your listeners options Um, I'm sure I think 90% of podcasters miss out on new listeners because, like you said, they only post the Apple link and that's just not enough.
0: I'm trying to actually find out what's mine. So on the bio, we're talking about something like this, you guys. So on the where it's the camera on the bio, it gives you like you can listen to the website, to iTunes, to Spotify until the all the options. And that's perfect. And that would actually give you a lot of traffic. So, if you can use a link like that for the Facebook ads, that would be great.
1: Yes, it, it's amazing. And I tested it to see how it would be versus Apple versus the Wavelength. Yeah. And it was a landslide. The, the Wavelength is just way better.
0: <laughs> and let me ask you this. So, we created, so we're kind of covering kind of the step by step, right? We're talking about social media, how you can leverage them towards your podcast marketing. We're talking about different type of you know strategies that we can use because each platform is different. And now we're talking about ads, what you can make your call to action, what would be the best way to make that call to action. Let's talk about how we can turn this ads. besides listeners, how we can actually turn this into money.
1: What's really important there is, like I said, if you want to build your business, mm-hmm. you have to have the traffic going to your website, number one, that's the most important. And then at that point, you can do retargeting ads. I did a poll recently on Twitter and I asked my audience, how often do you buy stuff from ads or emails? And they said, I don't really buy anything from emails, but when I see it pop up in the ad again, that's when I go and buy. So retargeting ads are actually the most valuable thing. This is what you need to do. You need to make a a, a lead magnet that is just impeccable for your audience, something that they just love, so that your listeners sign up to your mailing list. Now you can retarget those people on Facebook or Instagram and then sell your products and services. So if they listen to your show and they sign up to your mailing list, they're already halfway there. And if you get them on your mailing list, you'll probably be able to sell a lot easier there, too. But I know the retargeting ads will keep you top of mind. Like if they see your ad uh, every morning when they look at Instagram, they're like, wow, OK, I got to get that. Then on Friday when they get paid, they're like, OK, it's time to buy this because they remember it. they have seen you all day, every week.
0: Now how if you want to share personal like how have you been able to generate leads because you have a business like you have your marketing agency so that's your product that's your services but do you also try to sell different type of products or services while you have the podcast to generate more revenue from the podcasting platforms
1: yes yes i've been doing that for years now um, and one of the main things i do is i interview my ideal clients my ideal clients, I interview them as guests on my show. So there's no easier time to sell to someone than after you just had a long conversation, they told you their life story, we talked about their personal mission. Yep. I mean, at that point, it's super easy to sell and I don't even have to sell it. I say, hey, look, I'm killing it with this podcast. I'm doing all of these things. You could have one too. The funny thing is now I even shifted to where I interview people who have their own podcast. Now if they have their own show, they come on they talk about it and all this stuff. When they're done they're like, "Man, I would love to grow my show. Let's work." So, yeah. I think the number one leverage one number one way we can leverage having a podcast is interviewing our ideal clients.
0: Now let me ask you this. Who is your ideal client?
1: For me, it's a podcaster. If you have a podcast, if you're serious about it, then you're my ideal client. And more specifically, the podcasters that are in the business space, like they have a show about their coach, an author, a speaker, or the entertainment space. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is because we can help the help both podcasters in different ways. We have marketing plans for Instagram and Twitter that work very well for entertainment shows. Then we also have marketing plans for Facebook and LinkedIn that work great for business shows. And now we have revenue. Products for both sides. So, on this side, the entertainment side, they want to get sponsored. I can show you how to get sponsored in 90 days or less. I've done it before multiple times for my show and other shows. So, on this side, we have a product building program where we help these um, serious business owners develop a product that will sell from their podcast. So, it's basically two lanes with the agency. If you're on, on, on the entertainment side, we have a whole list of products and strategies. If you're on the business side, we have a whole list of products and strategies over here.
0: What uh, what did you say was like? Cause you started about two years ago, and like we mentioned earlier, it was because of an interview. What did you say was the biggest lesson, or like a mistake that turned to be your biggest lesson throughout the process? Because like, if I look it back at my first episode, I look at the audio and I say, "Oh God, what I was thinking." <laughs> so we all look it back at it, and then we realize how much we've grown, and it's a process. But what did you say was your biggest lesson?
1: Oh, man, my biggest lesson was structure. Like, I plan my episodes a lot better now. Um, I plan my content a lot better. Uh, I do so many things to structure my show. And it really helps me build my brand. It helps me build my business. Like, everything in my life now flows together. There's nothing that's off on the side. Like... My business and my podcast work together. Everything is growing simultaneously. Um, so I think and a step above structure, I would say alignment. Um, alignment with everything that I'm doing in my life overall to where not only is podcasting something I do in my business, something I love to do, but it just is so fruitful for me overall. I think that's the goal is to have everything we do work together.
0: Were you always into marketing?
1: Honestly, no. The name Coach Chris actually comes from me being a basketball coach. At one point in time, I was playing in college. I was blogging. I got like blogger a month a couple of times. Um, I was on personal training and I was writing. I had my uh, basketball podcast network. Like I did a lot in the world of basketball, but I made a shift in entrepreneurship because I knew I could be more impactful here. Um, basketball was just a smaller part of me. It was mm-hmm. the part that got me started. But definitely not the finishing point.
0: So what I'm understanding, your the podcasting journey not only helped you, not well let's let's back up a little bit. Twitter <laughs> helped you to get that interview and to get into podcasting, to have your podcast ring in the top podcasts out there and start a business from there. When you look back at two years ago, did you think podcasting would bring this to you?
1: Actually, I started in 2015, so it's been almost six years now. So I didn't know Twitter would be as big as it would be for me. Mm -hmm. And I have almost deleted my Twitter account multiple times. I just get so fed up with it sometimes, but it's been...
0: That would have been a wrong decision.
1: Right. Um, Twitter is actually one of the places where I got my first customers online. Um, I've made a lot of money using Twitter. Like, it's just, it's been a game changer. I didn't know podcasting would be this impactful either. Now that I get to speak around the country and I have all these opportunities and connections, it's just, it's been such a game changer for me. And I really, I appreciate it. I'm super thankful for it.
0: So you said about six years, something that I actually, when I sit down with people that want to launch their own podcast, or they want to have a coaching session, one thing that I see often is that people want to start a podcast because they want to start, like receive revenue from it right away, which absolutely, there's nothing wrong with it. I understand Mm -hmm. you're, you're devoting your time and both me and you and a lot of podcasters out there, it is very time consuming. It's not just overnight type of thing, but you have to put in their grind work and put in the countless hours in order to get there. So what did you say for those people that do want to start a podcast and think they're going to get like Joe Rogan type of ads?
1: <laughs> I would definitely say, um, sorry, Coco just ran in the room. <laughs>
0: That's okay. I we're, saying, we're getting harassed by a little munchkin today.
1: Right. <laughs> um, I would definitely say you need a plan. If you have the right plan, it's possible because I have generated revenue from a show in 30 days after in some of my shows I've launched with a sponsor. It's very much possible. It just depends on the plan you have set and how you execute. Um, When you have that plan set up and you you execute efficiently, it's very much possible. And that's why we created the monetizing products we have because it's possible. And I know a lot of podcasters want that and I've done it. So I want to help other people do it now. And I'll tell you this. I know everybody's thinking, how much does this cost? It's only 500 bucks. Like it's super, super cheap. Compared to other people, that's going to charge you ten thousand dollars. Like, I'm not charging you that. You're going to make way more than what I'm charging you.
0: <laughs> no, that is true because a lot of podcasts out there, like, or a lot of coaches, like, will charge you a lot more, and you don't see instant results or you don't see results like you should off.
1: Yeah, that happens a lot, and that's why we wanted to. Not all of our products are obviously I wouldn't say cheap, but we want to make this the monetizing portion accessible because there's so many podcasters that need it. It's one of the most searched terms in the podcast space. So we just want to make sure we provide that value. And the biggest thing for me is making sure my agency is set apart from all the other agencies. Like if you look at any podcast production company, they'll tell you they can save you time. We can do way more than save you just time.
0: Um, let me ask you this, because podcasting, there's a lot of genres out there. Like you have sports, you have entertainment, you have you know business, religion, politics. What would you say was your favorite?
1: Um, for me, I, I love the business area. Um, I listen to the Empire podcast with I'm um, yes. Also like Business by Design with James Wedmore. Um, I, I love it and. For me, my favorite podcast really switched depending on what I'm focused on. Like when I was building this agency two months ago when I first started out, I found five podcasts about agencies and I just binged them for like two weeks straight. Like podcasting is a way for me to gather information and learn. And I have my favorite shows. I'll never give up, but I'm always finding new shows to add to my list.
0: When you're doing like a podcast research, do you like do like uh, two times fast so you can get as much as you can?
1: Honestly, no. I, I listen slower because I don't want to just listen to it to say I did it. I listen and I will literally stop the episode to take notes on it. Like the good shows, they make you stop and take notes. Um, there's so many shows out there that are really valuable and they taught me a lot and helped me build this agency. Like we've blown up really quickly, really fast. Um, it's only going to keep growing. So I, I think... When you're listening to shows, you got to decide if you're entertaining, you know, then just go and laugh. But if you're trying to learn, slow it down, man. And take some notes on that.
0: (laughs) Um, I actually sometimes, well, I, I forgot the name of the show. Um, but he said, whenever he does interviews, he actually tries to listen to like times and a half or two times faster so he can try to get as much material as he can from the guests that he's having on the show. Um, I think it's called The Had Ones. Um, the host of it said, said this. And it works for me sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work for me. And I'm just always interest, interested to see like if it actually works for other people to do like the times and a half or two times when it, when they want to do research.
1: Yeah, for me, it's just I'm not. I don't know. I look at research as more of a. Um, it's like for me with reading books. I don't just read through a book and speed through it to say I finish. Yeah. I want to read the book and gather information from it and take that information and then put it into action in my life and i just think it comes down to what works for you personally you know it could work differently for everybody
0: now let me ask you this chris um we talked about dos um on the business and the marketing how about some big don'ts some big no-nos
1: oh man that's a good question um big no-nos if you have a lead magnet and you're promoting it on your podcast put the link in the show notes don't be lazy It's nothing worse than listening to a show and they're telling you about this amazing product or amazing offer. And then you can't find a link anywhere. And I will say this, too. You don't want to have 50 links in your show notes. I've seen that, too, where it's just way too many. You don't want that. It's good to have at least three. Maybe your favorite social media profile, your website and a lead magnet. Very simple. That's more than enough to get some value from your show. Um, and if you have a sponsor, definitely put their link in the show notes because I've lost sponsorships like that. Like sponsors are a big deal. That's a whole conversation by itself. But th- the show notes would have to be a big don't. Like make sure you put effort into that.
0: So talking about sponsors for a second, I've turned down sponsors before because they've reached out. And it was for stuff that I, it doesn't align with my business or it doesn't align necessarily with what I believe in. Uh, it might be good for some people, but that just I consider it as kind of like my rules and my show. I try to be lenient. But how important is it to make sure that the sponsor um, aligns with your mission and aligns with you as a person? So I feel like it would be a cheap out if you take a sponsor um, that doesn't align with a podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think your sponsors have to align with your show and provide something to your ideal listeners. like If they are not selling something your ideal listener would buy, it's just you're wasting space. And what happens there too is you end up in a situation where you can't even build a long-term relationship because they won't see return on their investment. So it's just a waste of time for both sides and just stay away from those if you can.
0: And would you suggest? And guys, by the way, like I'm asking Chris a lot of questions here. So if you're listening to the pod, if you're listening to this through any wherever you get your podcast juice from, go ahead and look at the link to connect with Chris because he's definitely great at it. And this is a, a phenomenal like one-on-one coaching right now for you guys to get a chance to actually help you out if you're brand new in the podcasting world or if you want to take your podcast to the next level. So I have another question for sponsors because a lot of people again revenue is great when you when you can get it from podcasting. Um, would you say it's better to have those sponsors that will pay you per clicks or those sponsors that would go go to so-and-so.com slash your podcast name? Which way would you would you say it's smarter?
1: I would say the only way I do sponsors now, after, well, let me say this. When your show reaches a certain point, you have more leverage. Yeah. In the beginning, you're going to have a lot of affiliate opportunities, which really isn't a sponsorship. Because if you only get paid if they get paid... That's affiliate marketing. You're not sponsored. Sponsors pay you up front. There's a contract that's signed. Affiliates is when they tell you, oh, your people have to go to this link. And after you get this many people, we pay you this amount. You don't want that. Now, in the beginning, you might have to take that, but I like to get my clients real sponsorship, which means you're getting, even if it's 20 bucks an episode. That's a good foundation to start on. My first sponsor was only $15 an episode. That was my first sponsor with SeatGeek. Geek. It was only $15. But what was
0: your first sponsor?
1: Uh with SeatGeek on my basketball show. They paid okay. me $15 bucks an episode, and we did a contract for like maybe eight episodes in the beginning. And I was ecstatic. Like, wow, this is amazing. One thing I we put this in the program too. One of the most important things about sponsorships that podcasters must know is that it's about relationships. So starting off a real sponsorship at that lower level will get you to the high level because if we wouldn't have started off at that $15 point, I would have never gotten to the point later on where I was way up here. Like I wouldn't have gotten there if I wouldn't have started here. So um, I would say avoid the affiliates if you can and only work with a for sure payment that they're going to give you.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people sometimes will just take whatever they can, especially if they're, they're new on the business too.
1: Yeah, and don't be thirsty for it. If you aren't at the point yet where you can, you have some real leverage to negotiate, just step back and focus on growing your show. Um, I can say this. I know people are thinking this. I get asked this all the time. How many downloads do you need? It depends on your market. But once you get past 500, we can make something happen.
0: Yeah, 500 downloads, right?
1: 500 downloads per episode for at least four in a row, we can make something happen.
0: Cause okay, so I want to kind of specify a little bit because even for other listeners, they're just listening to this just to learn marketing strategies. Um, a lot of people think that downloads and followers is the same thing. Can we mm. clarify the differences between those two?
1: I, I would say you can have people subscribe to your show, and that doesn't really mean anything. That doesn't mean they're listening. It doesn't mean it's automatically downloaded to their phone. You can have a ton of reviews and still not get listeners. The only thing that really matters is the engagement you have on your show. Are people actually tuning in? And I would say this is why it's so important to find one marketing platform and dominate there first, because you build audience, build brand there. Right. And then you're going to attract listeners every single day. That's how you build your show's brand.
0: What's the best method? One episode a week, two episodes a week, every day?
1: I, I would say it's all personal. But you should be posting it at the very least one per week. I found that I get the most listeners. Uh, My business grows the most. I've tried every day, like you said, uh, one a week. Now I do two a week and it's perfect. I get the right amount of leads. I have calls set up. My mailing list is growing. Um, It all works together, you know? So um, two a week is what I would say. But if you only have time for one a week, that's fine.
0: Okay, and then I feel like I'm like cornering you with a lot of questions here, but I feel like all these questions are very important because uh, on a previous call that I did a couple weeks ago with my friend Ray, I said he was doing a live TikTok too, which TikTok is a whole different platform that you can leverage for podcasting. And, um, I said, Hey, I'm giving away three free sessions. If somebody just, you know, wants to start a podcast and has questions. And these are the kind of questions that I actually got when I, when I got contacted from those people, cause they're like, well, I'm thinking about this, or I have a show and it just kind of like they're stuck or they have a whole different wrong perception of podcasting. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think if you looked at six years ago when you started, you didn't think podcasting would be where it is?
1: No, the industry overall. I remember telling people our podcast at that time and they were like, what you do? You do What's what? That? Yeah. Like I got that all the time and I knew it was going to be big. I didn't know it would be this big. Um, yeah. I, I will say this. One thing I did plan for myself is to speak at all the events. I remember seeing podcast movement, pod all that stuff being posted about on Instagram. And I was like, wow. I'm going to speak there next year. Um, I said that literally last year. And this year, my goal was to get 10 speaking gigs. And by March, I had all 10 booked up. So that that was huge for me personally.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think podcasting is going to substitute radio 10, Um, 20 years down the road?
1: I would say yes and no. Kind of it will. But the problem is we need better analytics first because radio thrives due to advertising. And podcasting isn't at that point just yet where the businesses can get the best possible analytics on all of these shows. I will say at the top 1%, they're making millions and millions. Like Bill Simmons sold his network for 20-something million. Joe Rogan made 15 million last year. The top podcasters are millionaires from their podcast. So there's money to be made, but the industry isn't going to see its peak until we reach a point where there aren't just a lot of shows. There are a lot of good shows.
0: That's true and I feel like it needs a good filtration system too.
1: Yes yes because
0: it- everybody can have everybody and their mom and their grandma is having a podcast right now mm-hmm. which sometimes it blocks the names like they might find a very phenomenal name. I actually read this on one of the podcast communities. Um, this group of people like made the logo, did the podcast, like made, you know, like first, when you first launch, you need to have a couple of episodes. So it's not just a plain one. Um, <laughs> and they were about to launch and somebody else had launched another exact episode like them, but theirs were completely like the guys that were supposed to launch it was professional. And the other one was just guys just fooling around and just trying to have fun. So they kind of ruined it. So that's why I also say it needs to be a good filtration system. Like Apple, I think does the best to like make sure it kind of confirms it for you. But other platforms, you can just launch whatever.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's why we see a lot of pod fade too, where people just quit. After two months, they see, oh, wow, this is harder than I thought. I actually need to have a plan to do this. I actually need to buy equipment. Like then they see like, wow, this is difficult. I'm not going to get sponsored in my first two weeks. Like, I've, I've literally had people reach out to me on episode nine. Like, man, where can I get sponsored? I'm like, look, man, you got ways to go. Like, and I, I think we're going to keep seeing shows be added. It's going to keep going. We're going to get to like 2 million in the next three years. But only 10%, 15% are going to stick around. Most yeah. of them are going to be done. They're going to quit. Like, it's just going to keep going because people are looking at it now because everybody's doing it and they're trying to jump on. It's the same way YouTube was a few years ago. Everybody exactly. wanted a YouTube channel because they thought I could put YouTube videos up, start running ads, and then boom, I'm going to make money for my YouTube. Podcasting is way harder.
0: I, yeah, I would definitely say so because um, you need to improve yourself. You need to improve like the whole audio quality. The mic that I used at the first episodes is not the same as this mic. Like You look at everything and... It, it is time-consuming, and that's what I was actually talking to a friend of mine, too, because she wanted to start a podcast. It is very time-consuming, but if you're really devoted with it and you have a, a plan behind it, like, depending on your plan, you can build a business yeah. for it. You can, mine is building a brand behind Romina and also um, helping as many people as I can. Like I find passion on that. So everybody needs to have their plan for it.
1: Yes, I 100% agree. And that's why I teach people kind of the personal branding. I used to be big into personal branding, self-help. People know me a lot for that. And so what my focus is now is helping people express their mission through podcasting. Um, And that could be launching a show to get sponsored. That could be launching a show to um, you know build a business, like you said, but it's all about your mission. If your mission isn't dialed in and you aren't specific with it, it's gonna be hard to be successful in this.
0: Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I feel like we covered some really great information here, but let me ask you this, Chris. We're, I know 2020 is kind of like a roller coaster right now with everything going yeah. on. <laughs> um, tell me, what is the biggest advice you can give to a brand new podcaster or a current podcaster that can leverage this time frame when everybody's home?
1: Uh, I would say above all else, make sure everything is working together. I think my agency, my life, just everything, my personal life, literally everything I touch, everything works together. It's all together. Nothing is fighting, you know, it's not fighting each other. Like everything, my business, all the products I sell, it's all together. Like all the products, I'm even working on um, another podcast book. Well, my first podcast book, another book I'll be writing. Um, And I'm working on getting software as well, starting my own podcast software. So it's like everything I do, it all works together. And I think that's when we can be successful. You find your mission and it makes sure everything thereafter works together.
0: Awesome. And where, where do you see yourself uh, like at the end of the year? Because I know you said you wanted to get 10 speaking gigs, for example. And then with everything going on right now, we're not going to have any speaking events anytime soon. But you already achieved that goal because of hard work. Where do you see yourself at the end of the year towards well, with your business?
1: our goal with the agency um with all the products we sell our goal is to hit a million i know it sounds crazy we just started in february but i mean look where we are already right um and we want to hit a million because we have all the products and services that we need um to help the right podcasters so um i see myself with a large team um we'll definitely have some software up and running by then and I was working on opening a studio before this happened before i went to podfest but this slowed everything down oh man but it's all right <laughs> um uh at the end of the year we'll also have another system going on where i'll be traveling doing interviews um uh, with some celebrities so uh man it's it's gonna be big man it's gonna keep growing
0: that's amazing i'm excited to see that that is that is amazing And I'll go ahead and at the bottom, you guys, for those watching this live stream or watching this on rmpodcastfl.com, you actually have a website, uh, elitepodcastmarketing.agency. Chris, tell us about the agency. Tell us um, what is the best way people can contact you and promote yourself. Tell us what project you're actually working towards.
1: So um, like I said, we have the products that can help podcasters. And if you go to the website, you'll see we have the launch kit, which will help you start a show. We have the roadmap, which helps you market your show. And then we even set up a monetization plan for you as well. But now we recently added monetization products. So if you're trying to get sponsored, um, we we're doing a test for it right now. We only have room for about seven more people. And, we're gonna help your show get sponsored in 90 days or less. If it's not sponsored in 90 days or less, we're gonna give you your money back. That's what we're doing right now.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a deal. Like if you're not taking advantage of the deal, that you might be silly. Yeah, and <laughs> like can, that's guaranteed.
1: And you can go on a website, book a call with uh with the team, or honestly, better, you can just go to Instagram or Twitter at the coach Chris underscore or on Facebook, Elite Podcast Marketing Agency, and send a message. Like That's simple, man. Just reach out. I'm here to answer any questions, and I love helping podcasters.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. This has been amazing, and I hope everybody learned not one new thing, like I say, per episode, but a lot more because this was a great runaround. Chris is the perfect example of how you can go from a small interview to building building a, a top podcast to actually building a business behind it, and he's very open to actually talk you through it. He's not the person that... Even on like even when we met in person, like me and Ray were having like a lot of questions. You were just talking to us. You weren't like, oh well, get to my you know get my package <laughs> and I'll cover this. Which I thought it was really nice of you because a lot of people do that, and I don't think that's ethical or. And I understand it's a business behind it, but I think like human contact is very important too. So thank you for that. And go ahead and contact guys. Uh, contact Chris. Tell him Romina I mean send you. And he'll be able to fully help you from there. And, Chris, um, I don't know if there's anything else you would like to cover before I jump into the final question.
1: Just subscribe to the Personal Branding Playbook. I have so many things coming. Make sure you go and subscribe to the show now.
0: Awesome. Now, my last question It's what's your personal definition of success?
1: Oh, I used to ask people this on my Key to Success Podcast a few years ago. Oh, that's funny. Wow. (laughs) I didn't
0: steal it from you. Okay. I promise you that. I Uh, was asked this since I always think like people should define their own success. So
1: 100% agree. (laughs) For me, I would have to say freedom. Um, I think that we all want to be free. You know, you want to have the freedom. And when, when you don't have to worry about money, you don't have to worry about work, nobody's telling you what to do. It's just freedom to be who you are, be your truest self.
0: I like that. Freedom can be defined by a lot of different aspects of it, too. So I like that. Thank you. Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this live stream. And I know now we start getting comments in here. But you guys go ahead and look uh, to look at the actual full interview. Go to rmpodcastfl.com as well as you will find all information about Chris on the details below. If you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcast juice from. And with that being said, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in.